This is the audio podcast. It's uh, episode 158, Source Square Try. I'm Scott Hewitt, here solo, and it has been a long time. A long, long time. But that's just how things are. Maybe this is the beginning of us returning or not. I have to be honest, what prompted me was that our system complained that we had too much news that we'd never put into a show, and I had to tidy it to keep the website running. So I was like, well, if I'm going to tidy it up, I might as well put a show together. So hence, we've got a show, we've got a show. So let me get straight into it. First of all, loads of stuff has happened that I obviously can't comment about a lot of. But you know what, I'll do my best. So our first item here is um, a Max release. just happened May the 17th, Max 7.2.3. A whole load of kind of extra updates and little bits of tidying inside there as well. Um, loads of stuff's been going on with Max recently. I'm sure you've spotted some of our news and plunder items as they've gone through. But here we've had uh, some further developments regarding Gen and a kind of fix on normalized Tilda as well, which was really important. So, um, yep, Max 7.2.3 is out. And if you're a Max user or Ableton and use Max for Live, then you're all seeing those updates come through already into your systems. Um, also, what's happened here, um, Reaper had an update as well, version 5.2. And the big feature of the Reaper it was a notational editor has now been added into it as well. So uh, Reaper Door really um, pushing towards uh, a lot of the other functionality that you would expect in the Door environment. And it's pretty exciting to see some notation um, coming into there as well. Um, I say that as somebody who's always been used to working in an environment with notational support, but I guess if, you know, maybe for you, you were like, actually, I'd rather have been looking at something else, but there we go. Nonetheless, Reaper now has a notational editor built into it as well. Talking about notation, a big announcement from Steinberg was the fact that um, their notational product, their scoring application is going to be called Dorico. Uh, and will be available fourth quarter of 2016. Aggressive upgrade options from Sibelius and Finale as well. And this is obviously based there. Uh, we had Daniel Spreadby a while ago talking to him. Um, this is based on the on on the kind of elements that happened when Avid took over in Sibelius and the developments we had there. Um, it's exciting to see what it's going to be. I'm kind of curious though, because what really are we looking for in this notational world now? Um, Sibelius, it's, it's nice to have a single product, obviously, and I guess, you know, that's what the Reaper idea is maybe thinking here. But with Sibelius in place, Finale in place, two products I'm not particularly friendly with, but also things like MuseScore and LilyPond, it's quite a crowded space to bring another kind of competitor into. But nonetheless, Steinberg obviously have a lot of experience in these things. And one of the big features of Dorico is that it is going to plug into the Steinberg audio engines. So the audio engine that we would use to render synthesis elements inside. Um, Cubase, Nuendo, or environments like that is actually going to be turned into here as well. And that's probably a really big advantage over an environment like Sibelius, which even with the association with Pro Tools that it has through Avid now, still is maybe a little behind in terms of these kind of synthesis possibilities. And stepping away from notation, we've got a couple of fun announcements as well. Audiofy have uh, released uh, Mix Checker, which I have to be honest with you, is the soft is a, it's a software plugin which looks the most convincingly hardware. I, I was like, everything told me it was software, but I was like, is this really a plugin? It looks like hardware. Um, it's a shame that not all hardware is as well designed as this plugin is, but nonetheless, it's there. Um, an interesting idea here, the idea that you can emulate different speaker drivers and different common listening environments as well, just with a press of a button inside of Substance, um, inside this plugin here. I'm not. I'm, I'm always skeptical of these kind of things. I really am. I don't. I'm never convinced that you can override the hardware that your the hardware characteristics of the audio 
of the audio playback system in such a convincing way that you can make it appear as if you're in a different system. But there we go. It's an option available there. You can go get it. It runs a 10.6 and Windows 7 up, 32-bit, 64 32-bit and 64-bit, VST, AU, and AAX. So a full set of options there as well. Um, in Native Instruments, uh, Native Instruments News, they've had a release of Replica XT, which is a studio quality delay with a whole variety of different kind of extreme delay effects available um, in it, as well as kind of very common ones as well. So we got modern, a vintage digital, and analog tape, and a diffusion which offer a rich variety of delay effects as well. And um, requirements on this, uh, Mac OS X uh, 10.9 up, uh, Core 2 Duo 4 gig of RAM, um, or 64 bit uh, Windows 7, Windows 8 as well. So, you know, kind of perf perfectly doable there as well. And quite an interesting, you know, Native Instruments uh, effects units and soft synths are always very interesting to work with, if not peculiar at times. And um, we were talking about MuseScore just a moment ago, and, and MuseScore News, they're part of the uh, Google Summer of Code uh, 2016. Really exciting, they're actually looking at a whole variety of notational input techniques here as well. And a particular one that caught my idea was the idea that you could tap the tempo with your foot while putting the notes in, allowing you to go faster and slower, obviously, as the complexity of the bar you're working with would determine. Um, it seems like a really interesting project, and there's a lot more about that obviously as part of Google Summer of Code, available um, on, online that you can go and take a look at as well. We wish them all the best with that. MuseScore is a, a, a great um, a, a great open source uh, notational, notational suite that's well worth a look at. Um, a little bit more worrying news as always. Um, if you haven't seen already, it was a little bit dated, but I left it in here, um, Apple iCloud. Um, there's some, a lot of people getting to the end of their kind of music, their, their iCloud music kind of deals and stuff like that. And there's a couple of weird things happening. It transpires that when you signed up for that, what, what actually happened was that Apple confirmed whether it thought it had a copy of the music you already had, made a copy of it, ensured it had a copy up on the cloud, and then was a bit kind of flippant with your copy. So if you said play this and it was running low in space, it would just delete something, thinking it would always be able to restore it. It turns out their analysis of those files maybe wasn't as good as it should have been, and perhaps was a little bit too focused on the identification tag tagging data rather than an actual analysis of the audio content of the file. As a consequence, it's possible to lose something. If you've got something named the same as something else, you might find that Apple unhelpfully deletes it out of your music library. Um, I, yes, a cautionary tale, I guess. Um, how many times have we talked about the fact that if you trust a file to Apple, it might well disappear? Um, yes, I think my remarks on that are well known, aren't they? Our final piece of news in here, um, this is uh, iOS here, but Moog um, have released the Model 15 iOS app, which is a emulation app of the Model 15 um, synthesizer. Um, has a whole load of really kind of cool features inside it as well, getting a little bit expensive, perhaps $29, but I guess, you know, if you're working solely on your iPad, then this is a good kind of app to have available to you for a lot of synthesis options inside it as well. And it's interesting how there's this dual cell, isn't there, in terms of it actually offers more functionality than the hardware, but probably doesn't quite sound like the hardware, and that's kind of interesting. Though I often remark to people, when you can't, when you've never had the hardware in front of you, and you're probably never going to touch it, and most of the people you've you're dealing with will never have touched it or used it, then maybe it doesn't really matter. Just get a cool sound out of it and be happy. That's that's perhaps me you on know, my recommendation.
that's our news for this week here don't forget if you want to find keep in touch with the audio podcast uh, you can find us on itunes you can find us on youtube gpodder and stitcher you got our twitter account at the audio podcast as well we also have the world's least used mailing list as well i think we've never sent an email shot on it ever how about that but nonetheless if you want to sign up one day maybe we will and that takes us to the plunder. We got two items in the plunder this week. First of all, a really interesting article from the BBC Academy. This is regarding the uh, complexities of loudness and how to deal with loudness in a broadcast situation as well. Um, that's it's quite interesting in terms of looking for consistent power between adverts, voiceover trailers, um, N2s and lead-ins, and also the actual show itself. And an interesting reading goes into a significant amount of uh, kind of complexity, which is quite interesting as well, all the way into the issues with actual metering units themselves in terms of how do we meter loudness in a meaningful and convincing way. Um, I'd recommend that as a read. It's quite, a, quite, quite an interesting article and well put together. Then finally, the final one we have here is um, a little a YouTube video of David Zuccarelli, his keynote at the Juice 2015 Summit, where he talks about the, the history of Macs and why the, Juice, um, in, why, why the Juice environment was a good choice for Macs when it came to redeveloping parts of Macs. Um, very technical read, but for the programmers who like to, who like to enjoy the show, that's maybe a good, ref, a good opportunity for you there to maybe you know, take a look at it, maybe you'll find something of interest there. Well, I don't know if I'll, if we'll return or not. Certainly, if you want to kind of encourage us to do so or not to do so, you should definitely feel free to do that. As always, you can find out more and uh, find out everything about the audio podcast at theaudiopodcast.co.uk. Uh, this is show 158, recorded May 25th, 2016, Saw Square Try. And I have been Scott Hewitt. None of the other guys are here, so you know what I mean? It's just me by myself. But nonetheless, I hope you enjoyed the show. And perhaps we'll be back soon. Goodbye.